Transfer is available to the Q72 bus to LaGuardia Airport. This is an accessible station. The elevator is at the center of the platform. Hello, hello guys. Welcome back to One Day at a Time with your host, me, Valerie. Thank you guys so much for listening today um, and for all of the love on that first episode. It really means so much to me that you take time out of your day to spend some with me. So today's episode, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about something that is really close to home. Over the past two years, especially after the pandemic, I've been noticing this dramatic shift of content creation and social media culture from Los Angeles to New York City. Starlets and aspiring TikTokers entering their city girl eras, sharing Instagram reels and photo dumps of their fit checks on the cobblestone streets of Soho, pasta dates with the girls at Don Angie and West Village, and all of the nights out hopping from LeBain to Mr. Purple. And although these images of the city are stunning to the eye, I want to call out that they share a very choice perspective, one that is by no means universal and even close to all-encompassing of the New York City experience. Like London and Paris, New York is just one of those cities that has long been romanticized by the media. What do you guys think of when you think of New York City? I bet images of Sex in the City, Gossip Girl, and Gatsby-esque glamour flood your mind. A loud but chic, eclectic marriage of art, of business, fashion, food, and somewhere where celebrities can lounge around freely, unafraid of being stopped for photos, because frankly, no one really cares who you are here. Everyone's too involved with their own agenda, commuting, working towards a goal. And if they can achieve even a shred of success with that goal in New York, well, they can take it anywhere else and thrive. It's glitzy, it's glamorous, albeit tough, dirty, and soul-sucking at times. Much of the mythos surrounding New York motions at this idea of transformation and rebirth. You'll get a fresh start. You'll find your purpose here. You're going to transform into someone otherworldly. And living in a tiny apartment that barely passes safety regulations, but you're shelling out more than half your paycheck for, sipping on $30 martinis and $7 matchas, and running to catch trains with the investment bankers and aspiring influencers alike is just a part of building character. It's about the hustle, all the things you want just being barely out of reach. That is what will guide you to where you need to be. And on the way, you'll be inducted into the citywide secret club of all of the other beautiful, ambitious main characters who live here too. But God forbid, you live in Queens or the Bronx, or even worse, Staten Island.
And sure, there is some validity to this mythos. When immigrants first arrived in New York in the 1890s, they saw it as a place of opportunity, somewhere where they could make better lives for themselves. Both my parents actually immigrated to New York by themselves at a very young age with this very hope precisely. My Cuban Chinese father, he first stepped foot in New York uh, when he was 16. And though he was but a boy then, he was balancing high school with bussing tables and washing dishes at restaurants. And he even eventually sacrificed his own college education to financially support his sisters through theirs. During his free time, he spent time buying small gifts for his sisters at the thrift stores in the Lower East Side and racing cars with his friends in Queens. Driven by her passion for performance and adventure, my Chinese mother also journeyed halfway across the world to New York by herself in her 20s. She enrolled in a performing arts program at NYU, living a double life between her theater classes in the morning and singing at Chinese restaurants around the city in the evening. She loved living in her own apartment in Greenwich Village and being pampered by boyfriends who pursued her with fancy dinner dates at the nice Japanese restaurants around the city and shopping trips at Saks Fifth Avenue. Both my parents barely spoke English when they first arrived, and they were forced to start clean slate and fend for themselves in a city that endlessly pummeled them with a never-ending stream of challenges. The guidance counselors at my father's high school discouraged him and his sisters from applying to colleges and pursuing careers as doctors and business people, advocating instead for them to find more quote-unquote realistic careers. And my mother, she ultimately decided against finishing her performing arts degree at NYU because of the language barriers. Imagine having to narrate Shakespeare in a language that is completely different from your mother one. But in New York, they somehow still managed to fend for themselves, overcome their uniquely difficult circumstances, and build comfortable lives from virtually nothing. Attention customers, Classic Main Street Park 7 trains are running on the express track from 74th Street Broadway to Mets Village Point because of station improvements. For service towards Classic Main Street, transfer at next stop. Next stop is Junction Boulevard. So, I was actually born in New York and I've lived here for almost all my life, with the exception of a few years of my childhood that I spent in Puerto Rico. That's a, another story for another day. Um, but I've always loved this city with my whole being for as long as I can remember. Growing up, I was a deep subscriber to this mythos, and I really couldn't see myself living anywhere else. After I moved to Chicago for college, and um, I moved back last year, I feel like I've been seeing the city with a new pair of eyes. A lot of my college friends and even my boyfriend moved into the city for the first time. And so I've spent a lot of time bringing people to my favorite places and doing things like visiting museums, restaurants, etc. all over again. 
and it's really giving those experiences a new meaning. In the process, my adoration for the city very much remains unwavering, but I've noticed a change in the way that I think about the city. I still love the way that Central Park feels in the fall, the way Williamsburg always smells like coffee on Sunday morning, and the artistry of the department store windows like Saks Fifth Avenue and Bergdorf Goodman during the holidays. But what I don't enjoy as much are the more artificial aspects of city life that I held on a pedestal in high school, the idolatry of the mythos roaming around Soho so I could feel like I was some part of the crowds of pretty people, of Instagram models and influencers. Driving around the Upper East Side, admiring seemingly unattainable apartments and older women wrapped in their mink coats, walking their small dogs, as a means of reminding myself to work harder so that I could too be there one day. Growing up an hour outside of Manhattan, going into the quote-unquote city, meaning Manhattan, also always felt like a luxury. In college, one of my friends, when introducing me to other people, would always open with, the girl from New York, but not really, because I was from Queens. I think New York City is an amazingly intricate place, full of culture, adventure, and life, and it's a city that I truly believe anyone can enjoy. Still, the romanticization of New York ignores the nuances and mundane realities of the city. Some blame, I think, can be placed on the TikTokers and micro-influencers and trust fund babies who post their little day-in-the-life videos where they bring you along for their Pilates dates and showcase their skyline views from their beautiful high-rise apartments. However, the people who live in these luxuries, or at least try to convince you they do, live in a completely different world from everyone else in New York. And most of us can't really understand the wealth disparity, high cost of living, dog-eat-dog and fast-paced beat of the city, and how it'll affect you until you're actually here. None of these content creators are intentionally trying to deceive you, but I think it's important to remember that these distorted snippets of New York don't exactly capture the full picture. The full picture looks more like the elderly Asian women on the streets who collect bottles from trash cans to bring to the return machines for change. The many areas of the city that are rich in diverse cultures and beautiful infrastructure that live in Manhattan's shadow. And also the hardworking MTA conductors, nurses, deli owners, teachers, restaurant servers, and all of the other underappreciated city personnel. The people who truly make this city great. The purpose of today's episode isn't so much to discourage you from visiting or moving to New York, but 
rather for you to let go of that picture-perfect image that you might have fabricated in your head because of what you saw on social media or mainstream media. I think we project so much of who we want to be onto cities like New York, and we romanticize that idea that we forget the only force truly strong enough to transform our lives and accomplish our goals is ourselves. For my parents, it wasn't just the city around them that made them the people they are. It was actually their courage, drive, resilience, resourcefulness, and grit that ultimately rewarded them with the lives they ended up leading. Thank you guys again so much for listening today. Please leave a kind review, a rating, and share with your friends if you've been enjoying the podcast so far. I promise I'll talk to you guys soon. Lots of love.